You know, when I started this blog, I never imagined I'd write a single post, let alone more than one, defending a Nazi. Life's funny like that. So the other day, I finally got to do a YouTube hangout with a couple of people I personally really admire, Christy Winters and Steve Shives. YouTube, as I've said elsewhere, is a horrible, desolate wasteland filled with assholes, both in the creators and in the comments. And honestly, it's worth its own essay why. But Christy and Steve are two excellent humans, and I was excited to talk to them and their audience. If you're not familiar, check their stuff out. It's great. And I want to say it would have been incredibly easy for me to sit on that chat and feed meat to the lions. All three people on the screen agreed about, I imagine, almost everything. And I could have just used that opportunity to tell people exactly what they wanted to hear. But as my wife constantly reminds me, I am addicted to strangers hating me on the internet. So as I was talking about empathy and its importance, I pointed out that this is a problem for we on the left as well. I talked a bit about this on my blog, You Don't Actually Want to Punch a Nazi. And and I made the point in the moment that despite his flaws, Richard Spencer is a human being. He's a guy with a family. And while we can find his behavior abhorrent, While we can certainly try to stop him from influencing and harming other people, it is equally important that we acknowledge his humanity and understand that he is not, in fact, evil. The comments section was not pleased. And I was more than a little surprised at this reaction. I mean, my job every day, all day, is hating things. I hate bad movies, dangerous public figures, stupid laws, even the occasional crappy book for a living, but I've never been under the impression that any of them were evil. I've certainly used the shorthand commonly understood term evil when talking about things I don't like, but I've always assumed, perhaps naively, that people know that what I'm actually doing is applying broader social pressure through art to bad ideas in order to change minds. I don't actually think those things and people are evil, and neither, I thought, than anybody else, because evil doesn't exist. Okay, I should explain. There's a couple of premises you're going to have to grant for me to make any sense, so I'm going to start there. Premise one, hard materialism, if you want to call it that, is true. The universe and everything in it is made of tangible, non-magical stuff, which is measurable, detectable, subject to natural laws, and otherwise real. With my audience, I doubt that's a hard ass, but I just lost a couple of you, I'm sure. Premise two, as a result of premise one, because you are made of the aforementioned stuff, every thought you'll ever have, every action you'll ever take, good or bad, is the result of the chemicals in your brain and the interaction those chemicals have with the world. Premise three, if the first two premises are true, and I do think they're true, nothing you do is ever your fault, and there's no such thing as evil. Now, I feel like that should be obvious, but in having this conversation, and I've had it quite a bit, you'd be amazed how many people are ready to buy premise one and premise two on a t-shirt and are ready to tell me to take a leap on premise three. Now, I want to say at the outset, right away, if you believe in the soul or an intangible, non-physical, non-material version of consciousness, then the evil, I suppose, is very much possible. 
I'm not going to lie and pretend to understand the notion of the soul, what it is, where we're supposed to keep it, how it interacts with the material, etc. But if you believe in it, then it's perfectly reasonable to expect that some people have evil souls and some people have good souls. Well, maybe reasonable isn't the word, but it's logically consistent. I also want to admit to many of my listeners, the premises I just laid out aren't new territory. And I don't want anyone to think I'm claiming those ideas as my own. Philosophers have been talking about the notions of good and evil for thousands of years. Sam Harris covers this subject specifically far better in his book, Free Will. And if you're a high-minded, make it through the first two chapters of any of Sam's books, forgive him for some of the things he said since 2010 kind of person like I am, I can't recommend it enough. I should also admit that the illusion of free will is perfect. I'm not suggesting that Every time you do something bad, you look heavenwards and scream, brain chemicals. Quite the opposite. No, this essay is about how I believe we need to change our thinking about when other people do bad things. To understand that bad ideas aren't magically evil doesn't mean we can't criticize them. To understand harmful behavior doesn't come from a magical poison of the person doing the hurting doesn't mean we need to fight it any less hard or that we shouldn't still seek to contain or control it. We would put tornadoes in jail if we could, but we wouldn't call them evil. And you and me, Donald Trump, and yes, even Adolf Hitler are, if you'll forgive the metaphor, just tornadoes. Look, we, we need to stop operating under the delusion that the people we disagree with want the world to be a worse place. Donald Trump does want the world to be a better place. He lacks education. He lacks empathy. He lacks insight. But if you think people like Donald Trump go to sleep wondering how they can make the world worse tomorrow, you fail entirely to understand them. And, and yes, there is an incredibly small percentage of our population that actively want bad things to happen to other people. There's your Ted Bundys and your John Wayne Gacy's. These are people who, because of a defect in their brain chemistry, are unable to control their bad behavior or, in the worst cases, don't want to. But let me remind you that even for these individuals, the gaps between illness and evil have grown ever smaller as our knowledge of mental health grows. A hundred odd years ago, someone with schizophrenia was called a lunatic and thrown in prison. A few hundred years before that, they were considered possessed by demons and burned at the stake. Hell, 80 years ago, depressives like myself just needed some milk and fresh air. I mean, look, there are days when my depression means I can't get out of bed. There are days when my depression makes me think about suicide. Were I in total control of my thoughts and feelings at all times, there's no more abhorrent thing I could do to the people who care about me than to end my life. And yet we understand that it is my illness that drives this behavior. If I did end my life, nobody who understood my condition would think, what an asshole, any more than if I died of cancer. And None of this excuses the behavior these conditions cause. I'm not suggesting that the victims of Ted Bundy would feel any better or be any less dead knowing that he was ill and not evil. Understanding the humanity of the worst among us is not somehow apologizing for that behavior. I just know that we will not be a better, happier world condemning people to an irreparable diagnosis of evil. And I want to point out, this is a universal construct. The problem is, evil's a shortcut. 
an easy way out of the hard work of empathy. Look, there are people right now who think you are evil. There are people right now who want you to be punished for who and what you are, right? Members of ISIS through brain chemistry, culture, and upbringing desperately want to kill me and you because they believe we're evil. How can we expect them to understand and empathize with our humanity if we, the so-called good people, can't do it? Or, or to be harsher still, how arrogant do we have to be to be so sure that we're right about the core of another person's being that empathy becomes a bad decision? How does one even become that kind of arbiter? When does an evil person turn good? Can they? Is there a spell? Does their heart have to burst through cartoon frames? If we believe in evil, when exactly do we grant people back their humanity? And look, I get it. I do. There was a time in history when we thought tornadoes were angry gods. But just as understanding their true natural causes helped us to predict and minimize their damage, so too will our acceptance that we can't improve the world by pointing at people and dismissing them as pure evil. So what does this mean? What can we do with this information? Well, honestly, I think quite a bit. Think about our current prison system, which is almost entirely punitive and non-rehabilitory, and the changes we would make with a deeper understanding of evil as illness, as cultural training, as something complex, as fixable. And look, you are not obligated to do anything with this information. If you want to give your emotional and physical energy to the victims, to the oppressed, to the downtrodden and broken, more power to you. If that's where you want to put your empathetic energy, good on you. But all I'm asking is not to pretend that not having any empathy left over for those among us so broken that they're doing the hurting is somehow virtuous. It's not. It may be where you are, and that's okay, but recognize it for the limitation of empathy that it is. And ask yourself, what would change about your behavior if you were to transform all your hate into empathy? How would you behave differently to those you think of as your enemies? How would your enemies change how they treat you? What would this mean for all of us? If I may be so bold, I think we would find ourselves in a truly transformed world, a world with more understanding and less anger, a better world, a kinder world, ironically, a world without evil. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. If you hadn't had a chance yet, check out the sketch I wrote and performed with my co-host Noah and Heath, Trolls in Real Life. Please head over to my YouTube channel, check it out. Also, please consider supporting this channel at patreon.com forward slash Eli Bosnick. You get extra content, merch, Google Hangouts with me and people I like, as well as a bunch of other cool stuff. And with that in mind, if you're a patron, please stay tuned after the music for a patron-only bonus afterthoughts, a you without evil. Thanks for listening.